Shalim Aleichem, we're learning the Sicha of Shmini Gimel. Before we go into the Fabrengen that built the Sicha, I think it's the kind of Sicha that a bit of context from the actual Chumash would help. Um, I think the best way to get the context is actually from the Kahas Chumash. In general, I feel like it's slowly getting appreciated, but it's still underrated how amazing the Kahas Chumash is. Um, and no, I'm not getting any uh, royalties for saying that, but I just I think it's really, really awesome. So let's just read the, the story first together. So basically, Nadav and Aviyu passed away. Nadav and Aviyu's bodies were removed from the Mishkan. And then the, the installation ceremony could continue by Yemashmini, Rosh Chedesh Nisan. Aaron brings the, the additional karbanis for Rosh Chedesh. Once all the karbanis are, are sacrificed, the question arose whether the portions of the sacrifices designated to be eaten by Kayanim should indeed be eaten by Aaron and his two living sons who were all in the level of Oinin, they were their brother and some weren't buried yet since they were mourning. Now, as will be recounted later in Pashas Nasi, the princes of the 12 tribes donated dedication offerings for the inauguration of the Mizbeach and Hashem told Moshe to offer one of one of these each day during the 12 days of functioning. The first one was Anachem and Aminadav, tribe of Yehuda. By the way, he's Aaron's brother-in-law, right? Aaron married Elisheva, who's the sister of Nachshem, just an interesting point. So that happens on the same day. These dedication offerings include grain offerings, menchas, part of which were to be eaten by the Kayanim. So the same question applies to Nachshem's mincha offering. So Moshe speaks as follows to Aaron and the surviving sons. He says, even though only a Kayan Gado is permitted and required to eat his sacrifices on the day of his close relative's die, an Ayin, all three of you in this respect too are subject to the stringencies of the Kayan Gado, and you must therefore eat all the portions of the installation grain offering, which is what they bought for the Mincha for setting up the, for the day, and the dedication grain offering of Nachim and Amidad of two of the Kabbalists. Thus, take the portion of the grain offering left over after the part was brought on the Mizbeach and eat them as unleavened loaf as matzahs. Basically, bake them and eat them as matzahs. You must eat these grain offerings near the Mizbeach within the Mishkan area, for they are Kachi Kadash. You must eat them in the in the Mizbeach, in the sorry, in the Mishkan, because they are Kachi Kadashim. And for this same reason, the Kayan's portions are only your portion and your son's portion from Hashem's offering, but your wives and daughters cannot eat it, as we say each day in morning and davening, Ezo Mekayman. And we talk about Kachikadashim, Shkitas Matzapa, and etc. And, and it could only be eaten Lakayan. Allah and the summer must eat them, even though their brothers died today, as so I've been commanded. You must eat your portions of the installation peace offerings. However, you do not have to eat them within the um, Mishkan because they're shlamim and therefore they are kachim kalim. So the grain, sorry, so the peace offerings, the shlamim, not the grain offerings, you don't have to eat. Therefore, you must only take care to eat the breast used as the, same, as the wave offering, the tznufa, and the thigh used as the raised offering in an undefiled place, basically a place that's tahar. 
Furthermore, you may eat your portions of the sacrifices together with your sons and your daughters, because touching common you could do that with your family, for although they, were, they have been given only as a portion, as your portion and your son's portion, nevertheless, they can be shared. Now, the kayanim must bring the thigh used as a rain offering and the breast used as a wave offering on top of the fats used as the fire offering. In other words, you must bring them all together and wave them in front of Hashem. So they would bring all these things together and they would wave them in front of Hashem, as we spoke about Pasha Sab and other parts. It will belong to you and your sons as an internal entitlement as Hashem has commanded. That's the background of the story. Now, based on Moshe's instructions, Aaron and his sons ate the portions of the sacrifice that were prescribed today. They ate the installation grain offering, the Philchan the installation sin offering, the chatos, the mincha, the chatos, the shlamim, nachshen's chatos, nachshen's mincha. There was, however, another offering of kachi kedashim that they would normally have been required to eat. And that is what would be brought for the seir izim that was brought lechatas on a rishchayish. However, unlike the other offerings, this one was not an exceptional offering brought specifically for that day. But a regular offering that would be brought every rishchayish. This happened to just be the first rishchayish that they would bring. Since Moshe, when he informed Aaron and his sons that Hashem instructed them to eat the portions of sacrifices, even though they were morning close relatives, he only mentioned the two grain offerings that were prescribed for specifically that day of Hanukkah, they assume the directive only applies, the hayra, the, the, the message of Hashem only applies to those and not to the regular sacrifice, the regular carbon for Rosh They thought that still the rule applies to regular sacrifices, that an ayman is not allowed to eat the meat of the goats. They were waiting till the next day to eat it was not an option because Kachikadashim has to eat by and the and and the following night, the younger Laila Therefore, instead of eating their portions of the chattas offering, the series in the chattas for they burned it up as should be done. Whatever carbon you not, you won't be able to eat at the time. You're supposed to burn. Moshe assumed the opposite. Since Hashem had told him that neither Aaron nor his sons should observe any avelus that day to not damp, dampen um, the, the simcha. He reasoned that this was the motivation behind the directive behind what Hashem told him, and therefore it should apply also to Rishchayosh. So Moshe inquired about the sin offering, the goat, when he saw that they were not eating it, and he discovered it had been burned up. Moshe inquired about the other sacrifice and found out that it was being eaten. So he became angry with Aaron for the seemingly careless attitude. What do you mean? What are you making a joke? Hashem told you what to do it. By the respect of Aaron, he kind of screamed at Allah's early summer, demanding a response. Why did you not eat? Why didn't you eat the, the offering? Was it perhaps at any time not in the right place? In other words, did it become eagle? Did it become un, not able to eat because it went into the wrong area, etc.? Kachikadashim could be disqualified easily. The answer, no, it's not. So Moshe says, why didn't you eat it? Hashem gave it to you in order to, to get forgiveness. That the... the the carbon seriesism for Rosh brings kapara to the Jewish people. And the, the, the kapara of all, the whole Am Yisrael is waiting for you. The whole, its blood was not brought into the sanctuary. If it had been brought, then it would have caused it to be burned. You could, you, what happened? Why didn't you eat it? 
did you did you apply the blood to the mizbech itself, which would have been validated sacrifice because an uncle's not allowed to do it? They didn't say anything. They remained silence out of respect to their father and their teacher. Aaron spoke harshly to Moshe. Did they offer up the sin offering or sent offering the day before Hashem? Before Hashem? Why is it? Why are you screaming at them? It was I who brought this. And this is permitted for I am the Kayin Gadol. So I'm, I was able to bring it because I'm a Kayin Gadol and there's no Avilus at all. So the sin offering was not burned up because it became invalid. It became because there was no justification to apply the heter that, that you heard from Hashem regarding the other Kabbalists to apply it for this because that this is a once-off celebration. But these offerings are for long-term. In other words, the Kaddish forever. So therefore, um, if I had eaten a regular sin offering today, would it have pleased Hashem? He told us that mourners may not eat the sacrificial meal. And the, the, what Hashem allowed was specifically to the other Kabbalists. Moshe heard this and understood this and accepted this. It pleased him so much, he was not about to admit that Aaron was correct, um, even though he, he even though he only heard it from him, not from Hashem. In his anger, it was obvious that Aaron alluded, and that's what the Rebbe explains in the Sicha that we learned. So let's go now into the Sicha. You know, it's a longer shade than usual, but I, feel, I, I just feel like giving this context would help with the Sicha. So the Rebbe explained at the Fabrenian, the Shamati, etc. He was fine to say it. We already know. So what does it have to tell us? And therefore Rashi comes and tells us that the Pasuk is being Moshev, that Diver Aaron was good in the eyes of Moshe, so much so that he was able to tell others Leishamati. Now, on the words that says by Yishma Moshe, he already understood. So what is extra. So the Rebbe says, like the Thirik that we used to say, that there's hen and dead hen. So there's hearing and then there's fully comprehending. And that's what it means by Yishma Moshe, already that he, he, he got it. And on the, what the Rebbe says that the Pasuk is, at, that, that, that Rashi is coming to say, that the Pasuk is saying, that Divrei Aaron were good in the eyes of Moshe, it's extremely. The Rebbe says that was similar to what Rashi said in the Pasuk, by Yidim Aaron, Aaron was quiet when his sons died, and he got reward for being quiet. When he heard that the Tzitzer from Hashem, he had no choice. Rather to, so, so what's the big reward? And the answer is because he did it Bahaba. He did the extra. So, so to over here, you see that the words of Adam were like accepted by Moshe extra. So much so they had to say to others, Le Shamati. He didn't, because he didn't hear Hashem, the difference between Kachi Shah, which was the Karbanis of that day, and Kachi Deris, which would be the carbon Sirchatas that would last for many, many generations. Now, the Rebbe says on the question, how is it possible that Moshe didn't hear something from Hashem? Whatever will come up in Tarshim, Moshe will be heard. And if Aaron didn't hear from Moshe, how did Aaron answer Allah uh, in front of his teacher? How could he make up Allah? You can't say in front of your teacher. So the Rebbe said, first of all, Moshe did not hear everything yet, 
whatever was going to happen from this Pasha onward, he didn't hear yet. It was still to unfold, so he didn't hear the whole Torah of Chassab yet. And Aaron didn't make halacha. He, he didn't say the halacha. Moshe asked him why he did something, and he explained the reason. So he, he wasn't Mera Allah with Rabbi, he was Mera Allah earlier. Okay, then Rabbi continues saying um, that it's unlike the, the Mepharshim that says on the Gemara that Shamati vid Shachati. Anyway, now because the difference between Kachi Shal and Kachi is something that's Talib Svada, so it's not necessary to say a Chidush Gadol that Moshe came into anger. And the Rebbe said, because that's something that's muftah, it's totally uncomprehensible for Ben Chamesh Lamikra. Especially according to what Rashi says, that Moshe Rebbe got the Torah of a matano, like a kalata, a chasen. How could Moshe forget something he, he learned? It's, a five-year-old can't get it, only in Pashas Matas, where it says that he got angry and that brought to, to the mistake. Then you could say, in hindsight, this was also the mistake. This, that, that this was also a mistake that happened because of um, anger. Then the Rebbe says, we still have to understand what it says in Pashas Bukhudei, but Salu also is Kol and Rashi over there says, it doesn't say Moshe commanded him, but rather everything Hashem commanded Moshe. Even things that Pitzala was not told by Moshe, he still did it. His schema is his mind worked similar to what Moshe was told by Sina. Because Moshe told Pitzala to first do Kalim and then Mishkan. And Pitzala said it makes first sense to do a bias then the Kalim. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, but Tzal Kel, you were obviously in the shadow of Hashem, because that's not what Hashem said. It's not understood. If Hashem told him to make the Mishkan and the Kalim, then the Kalim, why did Moshe do backwards? So Moshe should have, so Rashi should have then already said, um, Rashi should have explained how, uh, how Moshe came to the Tos. And over there, you cannot say because the Kas, because there was no Kas. And the Rebbe doesn't answer that. And the beard, Rekhimi Sanyanim, Yena Shaltaira, that Mitzan Meisha, Midas Emes, constant, there's no difference between Kachisha and Kachidaris. Aaron, which is more in tune with the Makabal, so there's, it's, it's different. There's, there's nuance, it's flexibility, it's, it's, it's more complicated. And the idea is that even when you have Veda with yourself, it's without Shinuyim, and the big devil says, for example, this oilus that you're getting a nachin chapes for Shabbos Pachashmini is there for the whole year. Nevertheless, you can't expect that from the Zulas. And the devil went on to continue to talk about something specific in the Rashi, the Chaim of the Shalom and Surah's